0: pittsburgh steeler fans hey what is up my name is brian anthony davis from behind the steel curtain.com alongside me today are very good friends of mine we are not the triumphant trio that's jeff hartman dave schofield and myself we are kind of the three stooges of steelers and we don't mind saying that maybe not shannon but tony and i are definitely we, we definitely relate to that so Gentlemen, how are you? What is going on? Shannon White, good evening, my friend.
2: Hey, good to see you. Glad to be here. Tony,
0: what is going on? AFC championship game. Are you hungover from those games?
1: Yeah, I thought they were uh, good games. I went right down to the wire. I mean, they really, NFL really made up from uh, after that, uh, or for that wild card
0: weekend, didn't it? These last two weeks of games, they were great absolutely john is the first one in and it is monday so it is the hangover and you know it doesn't matter if the steelers aren't in the afc championship game we've got plenty of afc championships to talk about and here's and we're going to do that we're going to talk about steelers in the afc championship game but we would be remiss if we did not talk about the 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 playoffs here in 2022 for the 2021 season and what a great I, I don't think there was really a bad game in the mix oh yeah there was it was called the steelers and chiefs but <laughs> um so yeah the first weekend wasn't amazing second and third weekends were great we hope that carries over to the super bowl so first thing first we know the combatants it's the los angeles rams who have never won a Super Bowl. Now, the St. Louis Rams have won a Super Bowl, but the LA Rams have not. They are 0-2. The uh, St. Louis Rams are one and one. So this is an opportunity for the Rams to win their first Super Bowl. And Tony Defio, you came up with a claim, and a lot of people went after you on this, and that it's okay to root for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now I know Shannon was completely against you on this. I was mostly <laughs> against you on this. And I want to talk about that because I respect that opinion. And I want to know how you feel now that the AFC ch- championship game is over and how you reacted the whole time watching this game.
1: I just thought the Chiefs were going to – I mean, the way they started out, I thought they were going to just kill them. And they were, were killing them 21-3 and then, I don't know, the, the... – Bengals scored right before the half, and that's sort of. And then the uh, Chiefs failed to. I think they made a huge mistake at the end of the uh, first half on that uh, fourth and goal at the five. They should have kicked the field goal. And I think that shifted the momentum and whatever adjustments uh, the Bengals on, made on defense. I mean, I mean, Mahomes, looked, like somebody said, it looked like his brother replaced him at halftime, oh. Jackson Mahomes. I mean, that, guy, was so-
0: that guy is a first class <laughs> crap bag, by the way, Jackson <laughs> yeah. Mahomes. And right. It, it, and, and the girl's not that much better, the uh, the fiance. And I don't like to say that about women, but my goodness, she's rough to watch on uh, on Instagram and social media. So I I, I just got to tell you, I agree with you on that, and I'm going to get back to that. So go ahead, Tony.
1: No, I, I just think it was it was it was it showed a lot of character. The way the Bengals, a team that's never been anywhere. I mean, as far as this particular uh, edition, you know, they're all young and young quarterback young coach young everything and 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 for them to hang in there the way they did against the the, this juggernaut the chiefs and and you know i just thought the chiefs were going to win it up until the very end and for them to to hang in there and and lose the coin toss in overtime and for the defense to stand up and 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 make a stop and who was the guy was it eli apple whoever had that interception i mean that was huge and uh yeah so um it was uh, I just thought it was, it was you know if you can like i said last week if you can remove yourself from the whole afc north thing it's a, it's a great story uh this team you know had done nothing for 30 years the laughingstock of the league no playoff wins and all of a sudden you draft joe burrow and within 2 years you're in a super bowl it's just, it's
0: it's it's the way the nfl would would script it if things were scripted i think <laughs>
2: there is absolutely
0: you're you're correct there's absolutely no There is no way that I'm going to dispute with you the fact that it's a great story because it is a great story. I love this story. Um, It is, it's the little brother rising up. And, you know, who was it that was it Tony Romo that said underdogs no more like 17 times? Mm-hmm. You know, he kept shouting that and, and it's like, yeah, the Bengals are going to win. And there's still time left on the clock and the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. I'm like, stop that. Don't you remember 13 seconds? <laughs> I mean, you know, was... Oh, when, when
1: the, uh, what was it? Mixon, I guess it was Mixon that, uh, it looked like maybe he, he might've, uh, pulled a Plexico burris there at the end. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're going to, they're going to uh, review this. And they're going to say that he wasn't down. That would be the most Bengals thing ever. So I was, when, when Tony Roman was saying that, I'm like, you better just, you're going to, you're going to, this, this franchise is so cursed.
0: <laughs> the
1: Bengals, you know.
0: So, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that, Shannon. So, what were your thoughts throughout this game?
2: Well, first off, Tony said the laughing stock of the league. And I just got a message from the Browns, and they said, Hold my beer. Because <laughs> uh, the Bengals have been to two Super Bowls. They might not have won one, but they've been to two, and the Browns would have been happy probably with to bend to one. But anyway, uh, no, uh, that first half it it just looked like a mismatch, and but just like in that first game, see, I think that first game was so important to yesterday's game because the Bengals had the belief that we could come back and and catch up, and win this game because they have done it. And I think in the back of the chiefs minds, they're like, we got to keep scoring. And they put uh, more pressure on themselves. That was actually there. I think that's why Reed went for it. Cause when he went for it with nine seconds, you know, um, and they still had the one timeout, they did a quick play. Mahomes away and left him, I think with five seconds, you think there, you are just going to go ahead and kick it and not risk, you know, something like what happened happening. Um, to me, it showed a little bit of desperation for a team that was winning that big. Uh, you know, the only time the Bengals scored was because uh P-line got, got loose, you know, and rumbled there for what 35 yards, you know. He broke a couple of tackles, but up to that point, Chiefs had dominated. So, but you watch that game and you're just like Burroughs is the real deal. And I can never root for the Bengals. I'll never will. So I'll never be able to like him. It's kind of like admitting that Tom Brady was a great quarterback. I can never, I can't like him because he was the Patriots, but the guy, you know, you watch him. He's walking in. They showed him going through the tunnel at halftime, and he was just had his hands in his pocket, just cool as a cucumber. Didn't he wasn't trying to rally the troops or anything because that's not what he does. But he is super. They call him Joe Cool for a reason, and um, so. The, the the way that he kept going through my head is that game was getting closer and closer, and the Bengals got the, the lead, is he's gonna be a pain in the Steelers' butt for a long time, I'm afraid.
0: Yeah, he definitely will be. So let me tell you what I experienced through this. And I'm gonna bring up two parts of uh pop culture, and they both they have a common theme. They both deal with Rocky. And they both deal with Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Let me explain that. Yeah, as, as you know, <laughs> in Rocky Three, Hulk Hogan played Thunder Lips, and <laughs> and he fought Rocky. But the moment I'm talking about is in Rocky Four, when all of a sudden, towards the end of that fight against Ivan Drago, the crowd is going "Draw go, draw go, draw go." So (laughs) that was my first feeling. Not that I was doing that. I was not chanting for the Bengals, but (laughs) I was noticing my feelings changing a little bit here. The other thing that I noticed was, here we bring back Hulk Hogan again, and it's going to be Toronto, Canada, in the Sky Dome or whatever it was called back then. And it was the Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, Against the evil Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And then in the middle of that whole thing, the fans in Canada were cheering for Hogan. They weren't supposed to. And so the WWE decided at that very moment that they were going to swap things around. And they were going to... Hogan was still going to lose that match. But they were going to have him do a face turn right there with The Rock and have his buddies come out and attack him. Because the crowd did what they weren't supposed to do, and they were they started cheering for Hogan there, and that became a little bit of a re, uh, a renaissance for him. He went back to the red and yellow, and that that's just nothing we need to talk about now. But I was thinking about those two things, so I'm definitely thinking of Rocky, Rocky, whether it be Dwayne the Rock, whether it be Hogan, <laughs> whether it be Stallone. I I don't know. Byron Johnson is actually watching Rocky three right now. That is some great multitasking. <laughs>
2: the
0: hangover and Rocky all at the same time. I love it. So the reason I'm saying this, because I went in, I turned the game on a little bit late. And I I looked at it, it's like 14 to 3 or, I mean, it was, in the next thing, you know, it's 21 to 3, and I'm like, all right, they're just, true colors just shine through here. And then I was thinking, well, they do know how to come back, but I, I'm thinking that it's fine. And I'm rooting for the Chiefs, which I hate. The Chiefs because I hate Tyreek Hill, I hate Travis Kelsey. (laughs) I don't hate Patrick Mahomes yet, but his his significant other and his brother, like we talked before, are making start making me do that. I don't like the fans of Kansas City at all. I got last year, I got a message from one of our our uh, <laughs> listeners or viewers that talked about his experience at Kansas city. He goes, those fans are actually really awful. They took food from me. They, they pushed my girlfriend cause she was wearing Steeler stuff and all that stuff. And they said, and nobody does anything about it. Hmm. So I had never, I had never heard that kind of stuff. Now that's not his sister, Jared devil. That's his fiance, Brittany Matthews, I believe. So, um, so yeah, that's not, that's not his sis. Um, they're not married yet. And if I, you know what? I hope he watches some stuff and looks at social media and says, you yeah, know, is this worth it? <laughs> <laughs> but any, anyways, so I, I just, I was rooting for them because of all the sc- the scars I have from Vontez Perfect, from TJ Housmanzada, from all of those days. And how much I hate them, the Cincinnati Bengals. And then it's kind of occurred to me, like I really like Joe Burrow.
1: Hmm.
0: I respect Joe Burrow. I love what this guy. I've been saying that, you know, I've been saying that for for a year and a half now. Yeah, how much I like this guy. I just hate that he's wearing black and orange. And so <clears throat> I'm watching this game unfold. It's getting down to halftime. Here's the Chiefs driving again. They're going to make it 28 to. I believe 28 to three, maybe at this point there, or was it 28 to 10? Mm -hmm. Okay. It would have been. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're looking to just completely put this game away right before the half. And they got cocky and they got stupid and they got greedy and I got mad. And I, I remember I didn't type it on Twitter. I just said to my family that weren't really paying attention to me. I'm like, they're going to regret this. If this game comes down to a field goal, they are going to regret this move mm-hmm. because that is that's awful football. And the reason I I know you're trying to go for the jugular, but you take those three points. You don't I know they didn't take them off the board, but that's the that's a free three free three points. And mm-hmm. every three points counts, especially in the new NFL. When I'm saying the new NFL, I believe the last 2 or 3 years is a new NFL. This is something that I don't recognize. So I was really annoyed that they did that. But I'm still rooting for them. Then midway, then I see them starting to come back. And I see Kansas City doing things that I just feel is Bush League. And then I'm watching Cincinnati. I'm like, you know what? They deserve this. And I thought about two teams. I thought about the Cleveland Browns and the Baltimore Ravens. And I realized that if this was the Baltimore Ravens, there's no way I'd switch. I have some respect for the Ravens. Now I have no respect for the uh, <laughs> Cleveland Browns. If it was the Cleveland Browns, there'd be no way. But watching the Bengals and watching how they completely overturn things and the fact that Mike Hilton's on that team, and I really love Mike Hilton, and that's, uh, that's uh, a situation, seeing him go over there, doesn't make him a traitor the Steelers didn't want him just like Alejandro Villanueva the Steelers didn't want him and that, when i say they didn't want him they couldn't afford him and they did not make offers to him so they made a business decision and he wasn't a part of the business decision i understand that and i i agree but so i'm watching them play and then it looks like Kansas City is just going to win this game it looks like you know, there's a couple minutes left. I'm like, they're going to do it. And when that game was over, when the final score, I realized I'm not mad. Because I think watching human beings on that field, I think the better human beings seem to be in white yesterday. Wearing white jerseys with black tiger stripes, which those white jerseys are a lot better looking than what they were in the past. Just taking the orange out of it kind of made it a little bit better. So it's still – I'm not rooting for them in the Super Bowl, but I realized I wasn't mad. So watching that game, I thought they put together a great plan, and I felt pretty good for them. And I realized that – then I'm seeing all these memes like, thank you, Joe Burrow, for knocking out Patrick, Patrick's brother, Jackson, and Brittany. <laughs> and everybody's saying these guys are heroes because we don't have to deal with these two. And, I mean, if you would see him, oh, my gosh. I mean, last week with the champagne spraying it on the crowd and just screaming. Um, and then Jackson Mahomes, I'm not forgiving him for dancing on Sean Taylor's number in Washington. Just thought that was kind of uh, doing a really bad dance on his number. Um, I kind of thought I just don't like them. But then I'm watching and, like, everybody's... America loves the Bengals right now. You know, if you show one of those maps, orange and blue, there's going to be so much... Most of the country is going to have orange on that map. Because they're a feel-good story and everybody loves them. But then it hit me again after the game. And today, I'm looking at a fan of the Bengals because I... I do not respect the Bengals fans. I might respect the new Bengals right now, but I never I will never, they're some of the dumbest fans in football. They're they're they are some of the most clueless fans in football. I love the ex ask a Loser. And then I see some <laughs> idiot dancing around at his party in uh he might have been about 18, it might have been younger than 18, I don't know. But he had a Bengals helmet on and he put his head through the drywall. Oh, jeez. With a helmet. And he was dancing around like, yeah. I'm like, I, the dad in me went crazy, especially since oh. I just put up dry, drywall last year. I'm like, all right, here we go. Then I read something just about two hours ago. The Bengals have canceled school on February 14th in anticipation of their first Super Bowl victory. They've already canceled school. Not the Bengals, the, the Cincinnati has, excuse me. So we are going to, as much as we love them right now, those fans are going to make you hate them again. I'm telling you that. And one of the biggest haters, one of our BTSC um, favorites here, Mark Davison hates the Bengals, and he's in Australia, so he doesn't have to deal with with black and orange dancing around a whole lot. But I will just say this, that give it two weeks, And you're going to hate them because of their fans. They are going to be annoying again, but let them have this moment because they don't come very often. Tony Shannon thoughts. Well, um,
1: I mean, uh, you might be right about, about hating the Bengals uh, sooner rather than if they, if they're as good as I think they can be. I mean, uh, Mark Davis might be ahead of the curve, you know, with the, he's a millennial. He has that, millennial uh, uh intuition and millennial hate and we're all like gen xers hating the ravens and the browns so yeah the, the bengals might you know a few a few years ago we all loved the chiefs now we hate them so uh if the bengals are that good uh along with their fans we might, we might hate them again I'm, I'm sure i'm gonna hate them again if they keep beating up the steelers every year i, I don't care
0: how charismatic Joe yeah i mean and <laughs> that's the bottom line of the whole thing that that's it and if we're looking uh, If we're looking at a plus here, if you're a Steeler fan, you did get something out of it. Not that it really matters because of this, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, excuse me, not Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase have made it so that uh, we have two more Steeler pro bowlers now, Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson. Not that that really matters, but when I'm trying to get through that game next week, though, I just doubled my Steelers from two to four. So I'm, I'm kind of happy about that. Shannon, your final thoughts on that AFC Championship game?
2: I'll, I'll forever despise the Bengals. Um, it's already every celebrity talk show host, ESPN personality, Fox person, it doesn't matter who, they're all, all over the bandwagon. They've loved the Bengals since 1970-something and, it's just, it's just sickening. Uh, I'm already tired of hearing about him. Um, like I said, uh, I respect the heck out of their talent. Um, can't stand the fans. Um, so I could never root for him in any way, shape, form, fashion. Uh, as much as I don't particularly care for Kelsey either. And he cause of, you know, some of his off the field stuff. But um, again, I think that the, the Chiefs tried to stay aggressive. Reed was realized what had happened last time, and I think that's why he made a bad decision. If it works, it's great. Kind of like the we talked about when the stores tried the fake field gold and Boswell got killed this year. It, it, it always is a great call if it works. It's a terrible call when it don't. But um the Beagles are the thing that concerns me in the Super Bowl. Is the Rams have a? They've built their team different, and I know we're going to get into that in a minute. But they've most superstar teams, you know, that are put together don't work. But the Rams had already had a few superstars like Aaron Donald. They realize his age, and so they start putting a piece here and a piece there. You know, in the off season, then one during the season, they've did that the last couple of years. They have no draft picks, uh, basically, till 2024. But they definitely did their. Um, they put together a solid team. You know, they, you know, a lot nobody wanted to touch OBJ, but he goes in there and plays wide receiver two to Cup, and plays with Stafford, and and he looks like he did when he was with the Giants before you know, Peyton Manny went out. So I'm a little bit concerned because this team, uh, they really, it's hard to put the Bengals away. And and they have so much talent. I'm afraid that, uh, you know, even though I think the, the Rams got the better team, it, it definitely is concerning.
0: I want to say this because I'm reading a lot of it and I'm hearing it from both of you. And I want to agree and disagree with everybody. I think that uh, they are going to be a very good team. But I don't think they're going to have everybody's number. And I don't think this is a dynasty. I don't think that they're in the Super Bowl next year. In fact, I don't even think they win the division next year. Because that's a possibility with all those things. Because remember three years ago, when the Baltimore Ravens had a rookie named Lamar Jackson and everybody said, well, he's going to be, I mean, we're going to have to deal with him for a long time. And now we want to deal with him because the Steelers match up well with them. And there, everybody was saying that, you know, the bank, the Ravens are going to win five or six straight, you know, that's how, how many they're going to win. They're going to win a couple of Super Bowls because of Lamar and all of this. So all I'm going to say is I caution everybody. And I say, you know, they're not necessarily, this is not necessarily going to be a dynasty because dynasties aren't the same anymore. The Chiefs had a little mini dynasty because they won, they looked like they were going to win three straight AFC championships, but they actually won one Super Bowl in that entire time. So yeah, and I agree, Jerry Cherry, you can't compare Burrow and Lamar. All I'm saying is that the way teams build and the way teams turn around, that we we don't need to crown them just yet. So this all leads into the Steelers for me. And we're gonna talk about we're going to talk about kind of what Shannon just said as far as the <laughs> AFC Championship goes. We're not going to talk about a lot about the NFC Championship. Um, but this is going to lead into the Steelers. Why should the Steelers give up? you know they've lost a a couple they've lost a couple games straight to this team but they can get back and they can start competing with this team again if they put this put this whole thing back together again so i think it's one of those things how should the steelers build this team should they build it and i hate to use the cincinnati bengals as a model but and i've said that for the last month now but now i'm kind of saying that You know, use him as a model and do that type of thing because I think that that would benefit the Steelers so much more to work on the offensive line, draft a couple young guys, bring a couple guys in via free agency, versus the Los Angeles Rams who brought everybody in from the outside and they don't have draft picks and they made a deal with the devil and hopefully he's not going to cash in right away. So I'll ask you this question since you brought it up, Shannon the Los Angeles Rams or the Cincinnati Bengals, who would you want to model the Steelers after going into free agency and going into the draft more?
2: Well, there's no set way to to build a team, but the Rams, like I said, I feel like they felt like they had to do it the way they did because of Aaron Donald you know, he, they're building around him. He's the foundation of that defense. He's the, the best defensive lineman in the game. He's kind of like the mean Joe green for that team and everything play their whole defense plays off him. If they didn't get the quarterback in Stafford, they knew golf wasn't the answer. Uh, if they didn't get it, you know, a, that wide receiver too, in OBJ, uh, if they didn't get another pass rusher, like they did in Miller, Von Miller, you know, you kind of see what they were doing. They were close, but they, they had a few holes and they filled them through free agency or trades. Uh, The Steelers have too many holes they're not close. Um, Hayward's a little older than Donald and he, he, he's a great defensive player, but what is who everything plays through for the Steelers? And, but if the Steelers don't want to waste what his prime years, they're going to have to look at doing something quickly like the Rams did or by time. Cause you have like a four or five year window in the modern free agency. And with the cat, you have about a four or five year window to be at your top. Uh, especially if you have a young quarterback on the rookie deal. Uh, then you look at the, the Bengals and they have that. Uh, so in, to me, the Steelers need to acquire draft picks uh, and build the team through the draft, you know, fill in certain spots with, you know, proven free agents, especially cornerback. Cause I trust them to pick up a free agent cornerback more than I do draft one. And, you know, hopefully in this next three or four years find your next franchise guy. Uh, there's a couple of guys in the draft I've talked about, uh, Ritter and, uh, uh, Carson strong for, from Nevada, both of them guys, they're talking about going in the second round. If you could get one of them and have them set, let Mason Rudolph or bring in an outside guy, like I said, a Mariota to be the bridge guy and then let them sit for a year and learn. Uh, you know, it's all about timing. You got to get everything, the timing to come together anymore. Uh, because, again, with your cap space and, and it just, it's too hard to keep these teams together for much longer than that. So there is no set pattern, but this offseason I I mainly want to see them bring in talent everywhere, but especially on the offensive line and in the cornerbacks.
0: Tony, what's your thoughts on that?
1: I agree with Shannon. Mostly. I, I think, you, you want to continue to this team's already what second youngest I think last year it was the second youngest in the NFL I think you want to continue to to build that way you had four rookies starting on offense uh you know train Norwood on defense uh, contributed a lot as, as, a, as a youngster I think you want to keep doing that uh you know as far as um you know the, the the cap space yeah they have a lot of cap space and that's nice but you can utilize that to bring in a couple of key uh players to address some key uh, positions like cornerback like uh, offensive line, uh, as far as the quarterback is concerned, I mean, if, if if there's a lot of guys in this, in this class, I know a lot of people are not high on this draft class as far as quarterbacks and I, and I get it, but if you're at 20 and and you think you might have it, you're, if you believe in one of the guys that's there, uh, why not pull the trigger this year and, and, and see what happens? I mean, you, you just never know. I mean, we were talking about Sam Darnold a few years ago, like he was the, uh, the, the next great thing and where's he at now so you just never know with these quarterbacks and patrick mahomes there was there was concerns about his uh the, the air raid offense at, at, at uh i forget where he played but <laughs> the air raid offense uh so and now look at him so you, you just you just never know so if you think you have a chance to to draft a guy and and, and, you, and you like him at 20 uh whether it's sam howell pickett whoever i mean i don't know there's so many of the guy from ole miss just do it uh and and uh, see what happens because you just, you just, the the, the, the quicker you, you find, you, you get started on, on the next guy and, and, and trying to develop him uh, the quicker you, you might get to that point. Like Shannon was talking about where you have a four or five year window to, to, to do
0: some damage. Texas tech, I think is the college that you were looking for there okay. with Mahomes. Um So here's my thoughts on this and I'll, I'll try to be brief. Uh, Brief because I wasn't brief earlier, <laughs> so I'm just gonna go ahead and say this: when you're looking at the uh, what model to follow, Cincinnati or LA, it's hard to completely follow both of them. and And the reason reason why is you're not as bad off as the Bengals were, and you're not as good Huff as the Rams were, so you're somewhere in between. So if you take a little bit from both go ahead. That's fine. You know, Rams did a lot in free agency. They, I mean, the trades that they made, they gave up a lot of stuff. You don't necessarily want to go that, that high and get rid of all of your draft capital. But if you could bring in the right guys, the, the Rams are not in bad shape right now because they're in the Super Bowl. Yes. I said earlier, it was a deal with the devil that they made. But you just want to be smart with those trades. And it seems like they were smart with the trades that they made. My question for you is what do the Rams need to make this this sacrificing the future for now pay off? Is it two Super Bowl championships? Is it three? Or is one enough? Tony? Uh,
1: I mean, I'd say with all the first-round picks they traded away, um, I'd say two, but I mean, if I mean, it's hard enough just to get one. I think you know, if you get one, uh, really that that might be enough as far as sh- shaping so many legacies. Aaron Donald, even Matt Stafford. So I'd say if you get at least one, you're in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Uh, so I think you know, you're you're, you're if you, if you get one and you and you remain competitive for a few more years after that, I think that that'll be a,
2: a good payoff. Shannon. It's so hard to win. It's hard to win a playoff game. You know, it's, there's guys that'll go their whole career, not win a playoff game, much less the Super Bowl. If you can get to one, you got to win. Uh, Cause you, there's no guarantee you'll ever be back. Uh, Rogers. Just look at him. Uh, you know, they've had some of the best teams in the NFC record wise. He's got one. Uh, and again, like I said, there's been a lot of greats that have none. So, Uh, Stafford, this is an opportunity he could have never dreamed about in Detroit. And it's, I'm sure it's like a, uh, it's almost fantasy. Like to him, you know, he, he probably pinches himself every day (laughs) and, uh, you have to kind of, you got to root for the guy. I mean, he's got an opportunity. Aaron Donald has an opportunity. Uh, you know, they got Jalen Ramsey, you know, the way they built that, they built it to win. And to win this year, so I think if they win, it was all worth it. Uh, just just like, one, just one. I think it all be worth it. Kind of like the Marlins and Diamondbacks and teams in baseball, they build up a team good enough to win. They win, and then they have to demolish it all. But it, they did win. You know, something that that Pirates ain't even come close to in forever. Yeah, so yeah. you got to give them credit. If if the main thing is, is people don't comprehend how hard it is to win one. So if the Rams can win this, uh, it'll all be worth it, in my opinion.
0: If they don't,
2: it's a, a failure. It's a <laughs> epic failure. Yes, yes. Because if they
0: don't get anything out of that, I think they're in the possibility of crippling themselves, and then they're going to have to follow the Bengals' motto, a model, mm-hmm. if uh, with giving all of this, getting rid of all of this talent. And I was looking at something today, and this is a model that the Steelers followed back in the 1960s, they traded away five or six first round draft picks. They traded away. They started in the late fifties doing this. They even traded away the rights to (laughs) to Dick Butkus, basically. Yeah. They traded that draft for, for, for nothing. So, I mean, of course the Rams are a lot smarter than what the Steelers were back then. And it's a completely, I mean, you just don't do stuff like that anymore, but yeah, the Rams are definitely, they definitely have to win for this to pay off. So a lot of people are agreeing one Super Bowl is enough. Um, I want to bring up Tate boys. One of our, uh, he fills in and uh, we're hoping to hear a whole lot more from Tate boys. Um, I just want to bring this up because we're talking. We were talking about building, and and there's a lot of talk about the quarterback position. And we're not going to go way into the QB position, but do we honestly think anyone in this year's draft is better than Haskins? I don't think so. Says Tape Boys. Only quarterback I give draft capital up for is Watson, being Deshaun Watson. Free agent quarterbacks I look at is Trubisky or Mariota. I I'm kind of. Uh, not looking at giving up draft capital for Deshaun, but I do agree on Trubisky and Mariota because my formula is, and a lot of people are seeing this too, take care of the offensive line. A lot of people want to bring Munchak back. Uh, um, You know, I'm not even going to comment on that right now because Munchak with last year's line would have done nothing. So they would have to bring in the talent with them and that could be okay. So, Mm -hmm. but you start with bringing in offensive line, through free agency, through the draft, be smart with it and worry about the quarterback. If you don't later, if you don't think that you've got first round talent and you've got the savior, don't do Artie burns. Don't pick a guy just because he has a CB in front of him. Don't pick a guy that has a QB in front of him. They had their heart set on William Jackson, the third and the Bengals took him. The next thing, you know, the Steelers are on the clock and they're like, ah, well, we'll get Artie, you know, uh-huh. and they, they could have done something else. And, or they could have just, uh, they could have looked at a guy that went 38, Xavier Howard, you know, who everybody would love to go now, uh, but they took the guy next in line on the list is what they did. And I thought that was one of the very few misses for Kevin Colbert and company. And, Colbert and Tomlin and company when it comes to drafting. So I I just want to say that I love the idea of Mariota because, and now somebody mentioned Trubisky and I already saw somebody say hard pass and you'll probably say, say the same thing about Mariota. Here's the thing. You're not going to get sexy right away. Ben Mm -hmm. Roethlisberger's not going to walk through that door in this draft, or he's not going to just walk in that door. You're not going to bring a great, quarterback in like an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, unless you give a whole lot of draft capital up and that's really tough. So what I'm saying is get a guy that could hold the fort down, fix everything else, and then get, get the right quarterback. And you could do that. You could work on that. You could get the guy and have a guy like Mariota. That would be great in the system that is Matt Canada and he's cheap. He he was three point five million dollars last year. So any name that we bring in, it's gonna be all like it's gonna be exactly like the Dwayne Haskins uh, conversation we had a year ago. And that conversation was, uh, oh, "This guy stinks. Why are we bringing him in?" Mm-hmm. Well, you, you have to bring bodies in. You've got to you've got to do some experiments. Some of these guys are gonna work. And remember, nobody was loving Ryan Tannehill. But they sure loved him a whole lot more when the uh, Dolphins let him go, uh, let him walk, and he walked into Tennessee and really helped that franchise out. Did they win with him? Not yet. Will they? Maybe not. Um, let's uh, bring up Tyler W. here. Reminder, Munchak's line had two first rounders on it. Thank you for for the $2 there. Um, yeah. Yeah, he did. Um and so, a second, yeah, they had a second on there, and then they got a gift in an undrafted free agent. So you know, definitely, the, those are some things to think about there. So, gentlemen, we're—I said we were going to talk very little about the uh, about the <laughs> NFC Championship game. I just want to bring up the fact I was rooting for the Rams the whole way. Really like that San Francisco team. And when you're watching that San Francisco team play, and I, I saw it pop up on Twitter and a lot of comments, that this is the way that Mike Tomlin wanted the Steelers to play. And it seemed like that system is a lot of what Matt Canada is trying to run. Jeffrey Benedict had a great article about, uh, about should the Bills, have the Bills fired Matt Canada yet? <laughs> Last week, b- comparing the Bills game plan um, that was actually pretty good and put up a lot of points in the Kansas city game. Um, so a lot of people are, are upset. I even saw one person say I'm done with the Steelers cause they're bringing up, bringing back Canada for another year. But so, but all I'm saying is uh, is if you, maybe if you put the right guys around them, you can see what could happen. And so that's, that's pretty exciting to me, but there's, there's a chance and he needs four to six weeks to heal that thumb, but he's not playing. That's Jimmy Garoppolo. You might see a guy like that walk through the door. I don't know if he fits the Canada system, but he's still, I saw him move around pretty good yesterday. I love, I love that system that they're running in San Francisco. I, uh, I really had a lot of respect for that team yesterday. The, uh, I didn't like the headbutt from Fred Warner. I will say that right now. Um, But I I respected the way that team played in that game. And they they gave the Rams a rough time. And the Rams, I thought, were the better team going in. But for most of that game, San Francisco looked like the better team. And Cooper Cup and that defense finally able to rise up at the end. But the the biggest reason, and this is just petty of me, the reason I was rooting against the 49ers, and it's not for Shannon's reason, because I know Shannon's reason is something that I don't completely agree with, but a lot of Steeler fans do, is I don't care if the 49ers get to six, because the Steelers are the ones that need to get to seven before anybody else gets to six. So that's not the reason I was rooting against them. I was rooting against them mostly because I like the Rams, but... I didn't want to see Bengals 49ers three. (laughs) (laughs) I hate repeats. (laughs) So, any so gentlemen, any final quick thoughts on that game?
1: I I like both teams. I like the 49ers. I I, I like, I like the way they both play football and I like the 49ers system a lot. And and, and if that's anything like what Matt Canada can run with, a uh, quarterback, you know, the kind of quarterback that he would need to run it. And I think there's a lot of exciting uh, offense ahead because I think, you know, Claypool and Johnson and Harris and, and they're they're good talents. So They, they just uh, need to find the, you know, if you can get a Jimmy Garoppolo type quarterback, uh, if it's a, if that's your bridge guy, you know, because I think the 49ers, they have to go with Trey Lance. They drafted him third overall last year. They're not going to let, let him sit for, for very long. So if you can get a guy like that for a year or two, I, I mean, I, 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 I could think
0: of worse quarterbacks to bring in here. I'll tell you that. So Shannon, I was going to ask you uh, the, ask you your thoughts, but I'm going to change it around a little bit. I'm going to bring up Tate boys who gives us a dollar 99. And I, I really appreciate that. And this is something I was thinking about in my car today. And I want to ask you this, cause I know you're very high on Debo Samuel. And I think the entire I think he won more than anything yesterday. Um, the the I think the football world fell in love with Debo in that loss yesterday. Would you agree to that? So, Tate boys oh, ask.
2: Go ahead. I was going to say that I, I love Debo from when he came out in the draft. He There is nobody else that compares to him. He's Antoine Bolden. If Antoine Bolden had more speed. <laughs> He he's a running he's a wide receiver, a legit wide receiver with great hands, who runs like a running back. They run him out of that backfield. He is he is truly what Bell wanted to be paid like. That's what Debo is. But what I love so much is his effort. He 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 give his heart. He played his heart out yesterday. He was over sobbing on the sidelines because he gave everything he had, took a huge hit. Kept going. And, but that was a great example of what everybody keeps saying the Steelers could be like the Niners. But what was the Niners' big weakness? It's Jimmy G. Garoppolo was their weakness. He, that's where the Rams had a huge advantage with Stafford. And there's, you could build a team like the 49ers, but the 49ers have a great offensive mind and head coach. They've got Fred Warner, who might be, you know, him and uh, Leonard for the Colts. So they're probably the two best middle linebackers in football. They've got a great pass rush. They've got everything, but they don't have the quarterback. That's why they picked up Lance in the first place. Now, will Lance pan out and be that? We don't know yet. He didn't really have a a fair shot. But Jimmy G is the answer. And, you know, if we're going to have that kind of bridge quarterback, just let Rudolph do it. Because, you know, you could still win five, six games, get a better draft pick next year. Uh, I I don't want to see them. If they're going to get a bridge guy and and still try to win eight, nine, ten games, I would rather see, like we said, a Mariota or a uh, Trubisky. Uh, But we'll see what happens there. But I just think that Debo was special. Debo Samuels is why they got that far because of how good he is and that young running back. um, And I can't think of his name now.
0: Elijah Mitchell.
2: Yes. Andrew Wilbar last draft cycle was tooting him saying he was the top in the top three running backs in the draft. And, you know, nobody was listening, but he looks really, really good. So Andrew really nailed that. And, but if you looked at that game, the the weakness, and why well, I didn't have any faith in him, Pulling that game out is because of Jimmy G.
0: Um, fantastic! I I absolutely love it. I I will say this though, is I mean, and, and I love Andrew Wilbar, but he's a uh, he's got about twenty prospects that he loves. That's like me asking seventeen <laughs> girls of the prom, hoping one's gonna answer. So uh, I I love the guy. Um, so, but real quick, just in. Thirty seconds. Could Juju play a Debo role in Canada's
2: offense? No. Okay. He's a, he's just a he's a different player, and he doesn't have as much speed and quickness uh, that running back balance that that Debo has. You know, I love Juju, but but they're not the same player.
0: All right. Absolutely. That's great. So. We're going to be talking about these two teams next week as well. And we are going to be talking about the Steelers. We still need to mix in the Steelers and we had a lot of good Steeler talk today. So as it is the off season and we just had the AFC championship game, what I'd like to do is have you guys talk about, and and we're going to go pretty rapid fire on this since we only have a few minutes left. What is your best AFC championship moment for the Steelers it could be the entire game or it could be a moment and your worst so Tony I'm going to start with you
1: oh the best was the uh 95 the Colts I mean when when I at the end there when when uh, I realized they were going when that Hail Mary uh was uh, deemed incomplete and I slid on my uh, stomach in the kitchen and my uncle told me to grow up uh that was my favorite moment uh the, the least favorite i mean i I'll, I'll deviate because i have so many but my least favorite was that 01 to the patriots because uh i just thought they were gonna i thought they were gonna kill him I, I who could have saw that patriots dynasty coming right so they were like 13 14 point favorites i mean it was foregone conclusion that they were gonna win that game and special teams killed them that day so that, that was my least favorite
0: I was in the stands for that, and the only good part of that day was Cheryl Crow singing at halftime. Amen um, to that. So, Shannon White, what are you, your top moments and your worst moments in the AFC Championship game?
2: Top moment, I'd have to say the, the win in Denver on that magical run. Uh, because that's right when you knew you know, Ben had made a promise to Bettis and, but that's when I really started to believe uh, that it could be something magical there. And the worst was, uh, I guess, I think it was 94 where mm. they lost to the chargers at home. Alfred. In Pittsburgh, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And junior say, I'll just, played the game, one of the best defensive games i ever seen a guy play. He he was so dominant that game that I had to respect it. You know, it was a Jack Lambert-type performance. And But when that final pass was knocked down, uh, that was probably as disappointed as I've ever been um, it, you know, in recent memory, outside of the Super Bowl loss, of course, in 95. But, yeah, that would be my best and worst.
0: All right, so my best is, you know, I talked to these guys beforehand, and I said, let's try not to copy off of each other. But my best is the Colts game as well. But I'm not going to elaborate on that. Also, I will tell you that my friends put champagne over my head um, <laughs> because I was one of the one of the few stealers there. And champagne does burn your eyes, but it burns so good. So I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to talk about another game that's a whole lot more recent. And it's Troy Polamalu catching that interception Uh, and going mm -hmm, all the way. mm -hmm. And it was just awesome. And there was about five or six guys in my basement. And there was Steeler fans only on that night. And we jumped in a scrum and it was like we were on the mound celebrating (laughs) the fact that the Steelers were going to the Super Bowl. And somebody either caught me with an elbow or a fist. And these all people like me. There's uh, no one's mad at me here and dropped me to the ground. And I felt like Roger Dorn in major league when he gets punched and then he just gets back up and starts celebrating. That's exactly what happened. I walk upstairs and I'm like, and I'm holding my eye and I went to get ice on it and it's starting to lose some color. And they're like, Oh my God, what happened? I'm like, I just got punched in the face. My wife's like, what did you do? I'm like nothing. I, we were celebrating and I, I caught something and nobody had a clue who hit me. No one, no one knew because we were celebrating. And that was the only time that I got hit in the face where I'm like, this hurts so good. I love it. I mean, I love the feeling. Now, was it the your wife? Worst? No, she was not, <laughs> she was actually upstairs. So, uh, so she did, she was not, but she has plenty of a re- reason to probably drop me. So that's, that's fine. Um, plenty of a reason. Now the, the worst was one I was in the stands for too. And it was the end of the 97 season. It was 1998. They were supposed to beat the Broncos. Cordell threw interception after interception. I was in the end zone watching those interceptions and, and it, it was just a, uh, it, it was absolute torture to watch them lose that game. And uh, wow. I, I got to tell you, they were, uh, that was a team that uh, the Steelers could have won that game. Should have won that game. And I understand Tony mentioning the Patriots games and I agree with that. Um, you know, they were favored, but the Steelers were heavily favored in this game too, to beat the Broncos. And it just didn't happen. And we saw that the, uh, the next two weeks later that the Packers were right for the picking and that would have been really nice. So with that being said, there you go. Those are our best and worst moments. Tony, what are your thoughts on that Denver game?
1: Oh, I was going to say, it goes back to what Shannon said earlier about Jimmy G. I mean, who who was the better quarterback in that game? It was John Elway. And, and that was, he proved to be the difference. So yeah, that you really need that when it came comes to the big games, that quarterback makes all the difference. Mm-hmm
0: absolutely and uh yeah we saw it and then 2001 i want to elaborate on tony's 2001 game uh, that actually happened in 2002 um they knocked out tom brady in that game tom brady didn't beat them in that game it was true blood that beat him, mm-hmm. and a lot mm-hmm. of people don't realize that and you're thinking all right you knock out you knock out brady you have it and you just did it. And I'm never gonna Special forget- teams
2: killed him. Uh, yep. Yeah, I'm, teams. I'm never gonna special but, teams. Yeah. I'm never gonna
0: forgive Troy uh not Troy Brown, Troy, um Troy Ed, No, uh Troy Edwards Edwards for, mm-hmm. for going out of out of bounds there. And Troy Brown got another chance and took it all the way back. Mm-hmm. So and that was in my end zone too. And I, I I remember just watching that because I was in the 200 level, like 225 and fairly in the middle of the end zone and watching it. I was like, Oh yeah, that was, that was a rough drive home. So, but here's the thing, the Steelers. And I, I actually thought that, that, uh, that there would be more, but the Steelers are eight and eight in AFC championship games. But they've played more than anybody. Mm-hmm. They've played one more than the Patriots as well, and the Broncos have played a lot. The Broncos are kind of money in the AFC Championship game. They've only lost twice, which is kind of hard to believe how well they've done in the AFC Championship game. But you're know, really interesting. And the uh, the other team to talk about, the team with the longest drought of not making the AFC Championship game and they've never won one and it's the Cleveland Browns so take that to the bank hmm. there you go and would you believe there's another team that has the second longest drought in the AFC Championship game and if i'm not mistaken it's the Miami Dolphins have not been in oh. one in a long time since, since 93 i believe that's amazing so and the only team not to make one is the Houston Texans but they're still they're still fairly young
1: mm-hmm
0: so gentlemen it was a great show had a lot of fun we got to talk about uh the news and the bangles and uh and and the rams but we also got to throw in a l- whole lot of steelers in there too um so thanks a lot for hanging out with a hangover the uh, title tonight was uh you know hangovers of steelers past i'm changing the title as soon as i get off here so that's not gonna be the title any longer we're going to change that title to talk more about what we talked about and that is going to be the Steelers comparing to what system that they should be trying to employ in the draft, whether it would be a, more of a model of the Bengals, more of the model of the Rams and not just the draft, but off season in general. So gentlemen, thank you so much. We really appreciate you hanging in here. Tony Shannon, we need you to do three things, my friends. And it's pretty simple. Be safe, be true to yourself, And always be behind the steel curtain. And you know, just when you think you've got all of the answers, we keep changing the questions. questions. Woo! All right. We love you, Steeler fans. We love you, Steelers Nation. We love you, BTSC fans. And rest in peace to the great Dr. Johnny Fever, who passed away yesterday. Howard Hessman at age 81. One of the reasons that I have a headset and a microphone because. He was actually a DJ in real life and he was great on that show. So I got to tell you, one of my idols passed away yesterday, RIP to Howard. So with that being said, we love you, Steeler Nation. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great seven days. We will be back hungover once again. Talk to you later.